welcome back to Beer Time with Books. And boy, do we have a special one today. It is the season one finale of Beer Time with Books. We're still in the early stages of the pod. We do not have a soundboard. <laughs> the, soundboard the soundboard is Jamie. <laughs> is your lovely hosts. Yeah. Uh, but we're excited to be back uh, pretty quickly after the last episode because we had given some of the giveaway rules that we were going to have for the season finale. We just thought we've had such a good time reading the books uh, over the last year for season one that we wanted to uh, let somebody else experience that as well. So we have a giveaway. We're going to give away two books uh, for the season one giveaway here. And as we mentioned last episode for the rules, uh, it's going to be name a beer that we drank so that wouldn't count any of the like mixed drinks or whatever. No LaCroix. I know there was one, no one LaCroix episode. No wine. It's got to be name a beer and then also name one of the seven books that we read that you would like to receive. And so how this is going to work is this episode is going to drop on Brian's Book Bastion. And then you have a week to submit from the day that it gets submitted. And then we'll randomly draw from there. With a comment. Yeah, with a comment on the YouTube channel. So this will be maybe the last time that it happens that way because we're going to be on some real podcasting services for next season. Woo. And hopefully this season will be up on some as well here pretty soon. <laughs> uh, so, so again, it's just name a beer, name the book you want on the channel in a comment, and after a week we'll find some way to randomize it and maybe do a, like a short video or something. I think that'd be kind of fun for, like, the three of us to get on camera, even for, like, a two-minute thing. Just be like, hey, we're the hosts. little teaser for next season. Brian is running this past us for the on first the time. Air. Look, we're, we're live, live on the air. This is a loose episode. <laughs> Let's go. I guess we're doing that. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> no, that sounds great. That's fine. Well, I also think it'd just be nice for some people that maybe haven't seen us in person just kind of, like, put the um, voice to a face well they right you've seen they've pictures. seen our pictures i know that but like which one of your voices is which, <laughs> which picture? one is brian married to <laughs> yeah. that's the question like, so it'd just be interesting <laughs> that is the question it, of this podcast. It, it would be interesting to to kind of do that so so that'll be fun uh and we'll be taking a short break after this is over season two will be dropping maybe like late january early february uh, but we're glad you've stuck with us this uh thus far uh, it's been a good time. So to kick off, before we get into some of the discussions for season one of some of our favorite and least favorite moments of the pod. Moments. <laughs> moments, books, etc. Uh, we're going to do a classic, what are you drinking? The final, what are you drinking of season one of Beer Time with Books? Who would like to start? I'll start. Uh, I'm drinking an Avery Brewing White Rascal. Belgian style white ale. It's delicious. Yeah, we all have a, a different beer today. This is Brian. I am drinking a Tank 7, a classic apparently. I've classic had, for you. I've had a, a few episodes uh, with a Tank 7, bringing it back for the season finale. Hi, I'm Jamie. Uh, I am drinking Odell Brewing Isolation Ale. Which is a, a winter seasonal and a winter classic. A winter classic. <laughs> it is a winter classic. And a, I'm a winter seasonal. Nay. I'm halfway through a winter it classic. And I started drinking it like five minutes ago. <laughs> also same. Hey, so. We're like I said, we're it's getting fine. we're getting a loose episode here. It's uh, Saturday. We're getting a little loosey goosey. <laughs> this is this is late night with beer this, time with books. This is late. This night. may be the latest we've ever recorded an episode. As of like ten thirty at night, we're just like, oh wow. I mean, really pushing it comparatively. <laughs> it is late. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna go ahead and kick off a couple of these discussions here. Uh, we have uh, a few categories that we're gonna go through. I'll just talk about uh, the just three of them for now, and we have a couple bonus ones at the end that you'll want to stick around for for a couple of reasons. We'll mention why when we get there. But the first three categories that we're gonna be talking about, uh, it's gonna be our least favorite book that we read. 
on the podcast. Contentious. <laughs> I already feel like I know the answer uh, for that. And then we're also going to be going around talking about our top three books that we read on the podcast. And I do like the addition of this third category uh, after talking about our top three, because I think it could yield some interesting discussions, but we'll be going on uh, who was our favorite character in any of the books that we read uh, for this season. So we'll go ahead and kick it off here with this first category of the least favorite book. I figured we'd work with the negatives (laughs) and make our way forward. So uh, we're going to go around and uh, see what everybody has to say. So who wants to start on this one? Least favorite book. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> coughing. <laughs> I don't know. Let me gear up for this. I, I know what Danny and I's answer is, but I don't know what yours is. <laughs> I don't know what yours is either, actually. Yeah. Well, my, should, I'll should, go. Should I start? Okay, yeah. No, go, I'll go. Go ahead, yeah. I, my least favorite was Vineland. <laughs> Wow, Shocker. dude, crazy. But honestly, who would have known? It I and I'm trying to I was trying to like rate them or like rank them rather and like I don't know what my what another like close least favorite would be and that <laughs> sounds bad, but I think it's more <clears throat> it's more at like a about the way that I feel about all of the other books rather than like thinking that Vineland was actually shit. I didn't think that it was shit, but yeah. I I just it, I just didn't enjoy it as much as the other ones that we read we really did have a great list of books for this season because i was trying to go through even not not even just for the least favorite but even for the top three it was so so hard to choose because there were so many that i even recall in previous discussions being like this is incredible like modern classic whatever (laughs) (laughs) i mean me being hyperbolic anyway uh, (laughs) i do but like it, it was definitely very hard so yeah Vineland, no shock there. Do you want to give like a quick uh, elevator pitch as to why you didn't like it? Yeah, even just like a sentence yeah, or two. I mean, I it was just like really hard for me to follow, and that, as we have learned over the course of this podcast, <laughs> is like number one. Like, uh, if I if I don't understand what's happening, like within reason, like it's hard for me to think that it's good because I can't. I just it's I don't know it's just a hard for me to follow but um yeah I I think uh all of the like jumping around like time like in the different times um without a ton of structure was hard for me yeah it was very um, seamless transitions <laughs> and like we talked about I mean <laughs> too seamless <laughs> actually there were no transitions so <laughs> I'm uh, arguably. I agreed with you and, uh, as and I have done I with every violent discussion these are all arguable allegedly points. These are all arguable points whatever there were <laughs> there were zero transitions in violin whatever it was just a stream of consciousness even though it took place in like 10 different times anyway um as we talked about in the episode about violent also um I just didn't care about anybody, and that was hard for yeah. me. So, spoiler, your favorite character isn't from Vineland. <laughs> yeah. It's really not from well, Vineland, also, because I don't know any of shocking. them. <laughs> uh, well, so is yours the same? I, <laughs> my least favorite book is also Vineland, okay. but for very different reasons. <laughs> just wanted to confirm. Um, yeah, Vineland by Thomas Pynchon. Um, I will Jack, give him, bring I, his name into. Let's just make sure. I will very, call him out. Very I would clear. like to clarify though Canceling. that like I have I have different reasons and I will give his writing another go. Like I don't. Oh, me too. I agree with that. Yeah, like I, I didn't absolutely hate it. It wasn't the bo- worst book I've ever read. I feel like compared to the other books <laughs> that we read, I, I kept being disappointed throughout the reading of it. Like I, there were also moments where I was confused, and you can hear that on the episode uh, for that book. But the reason that I really, really didn't like it at the end was because there were a bunch of moments, like plot lines, that I I would start to enjoy, and then they would just be cut off and never continued. Yeah. Like, the parts of the book that I did care about didn't get fleshed out, Yeah, um, which was just really disappointing to me, so... That's my reasoning is that I I could have liked it if it had been a different trajectory in like the second half. Yeah. And and as I had said on the episode, I think a lot of Thomas Pinchon's other novels they do similar things. Yeah. And so that makes me semi worried about your enjoyment of it to give it another go, but I also 
really believe that anytime he does any stylistic thing that was found in Vineland, it's just done better in his other books. Like I've just That's encouraging. Found, and so <laughs> I, like I'll, I'll say it again, just in case people haven't heard that episode. Maybe this is somebody's first episode because it's an easy wrap up. Welcome. But yeah, welcome to <laughs> BTWB. <laughs> um, but I, I just think that it is his worst book. Um, it's not and our worst. It's book. it's not my <laughs> least. It's not my least favorite. But it also uh, spoiler didn't make it to my top three either. So I figured. Um, and so for me, my least favorite was actually <laughs> this. The tension you guys are looking. You like everything, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. What um, is. My least favorite is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. All right. Okay, that's um, kind of what I was expecting. H two G two, as we had decided upon in those episodes, um, and. I don't think that it was one that I just straight up didn't like. It was, again, a similar idea that Danny had brought that we just read so many good books Mm -hmm. that there just had to be one to choose for this list. I I really remember enjoying Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy a lot. I remember it was a quick read. I remember I laughed. There was a lot of humor in it. I just think a lot of the other books, books that we chose for this season were way more down my style yeah. alley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost Hitchhikers all of them. would be my second least favorite. Yeah. Mine too. It, yeah. it, it was the most different yeah. from all the ones we read. I felt like there were, even with Vineland, there were like a lot of ties to other things that we read and it just felt like H2G2 was <laughs> the outlier of the yeah. season. Yeah. Um, and I think I had said I'd be willing to read more from that series and that may still be true but i think that that's really low down on my priority list of, i mean if of they're continuing f- if it's like fast fast yeah, and funny like that's why i would one. still I be feel interesting like i in the episode yeah. described it as like an airplane book like mm-hmm. if yeah. i'm on a long airplane and i grab the second one i'm sure i'll enjoy it yeah <laughs> and and i think that too i just think that i don't even know if it's necessarily like a science fiction aspect of it there was just something about it that was too too like, like slapstick or well it was just too easy through the plot like yeah. everything was just so perfect of like oh they were about to die and then oh they got shot out of their ship and this escape pod at the it perfect moment contrived. and then all of a sudden they went to yeah. here there and like it did make the story flow a lot because every single chapter was just kind of like well this other crazy event happened and then it leads you into the next action of it but i i think i need more complexity than mm-hmm. that a little bit um, so I'd say that that's my choice, but again, not that it was a bad book. I really did enjoy it, but I'd say it was my uh, least one for the pod for season one. And so with that, we're going to be moving into, uh, I had my notes showing there. got to keep my, um, we're going to be going around doing our top three books and, uh, we thought it'd be kind of fun. You know, Jamie and I had talked about this a little bit earlier to do. Is this a coup? Kind of in a round, uh, or like a round go, go, robin, going around and and doing every person's third choice, every person's second choice, and every person's first choice. So we kind of have a build up, and it gives everybody a chance to uh, say their piece about uh, each of the books. And so, uh, since Danny, you had done the. Uh, least favorite do you want to go ahead and start with your third pick oh, is is that I cool or do you want somebody else to start i start um i i'll start okay so this will be your third place uh <laughs> third place book for your top three third, on season one. Third place is bluebeard wow i am very surprised oh my god that. i am too i also this i do this <clears throat> i read books and rate them immediately and then i take like a few months and i feel differently about them i was very much feeling that way for choosing all of these i was like i think my ratings are off for what i'm gonna say today yeah and i i but i feel that way about all of my ratings all the time Mm -hmm. because i don't wait to rate them immediately after i finish it but i have very fond feelings about most of the books that we read even though i didn't i wasn't in love with all of them Mm -hmm. um so when i was doing this i was just like what are ratings? <laughs> what is liking a book? Why do I like books? Oh my god, we're gonna do a podcast essay. <laughs> what does In it this mean to essay, like a book? I, will, I mean, I like. I don't know. I feel this way a lot. Like 
like uh, reading like I've read a few books recently where like I hated the characters but I liked the writing and I was like what the fuck am I supposed to how am I supposed to rate this the characters were shitty people <laughs> but and I hated mm-hmm. them but I really liked the writing um, so anyway I <laughs> I was on a tangent trying to like figure out what my faves and non-faves were but um what led me to putting bluebeard on my top three was actually realizing that can i spoil uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll just say that the spoiler warning starts starts now i I mean just that like two of my favorite characters are from bluebeard okay and so i was like are we going to see a return for a later discussion? Well, I mean, yeah, I was like, that's interesting that I feel that way about these characters. And then I I returned to uh, realizing that I really that I like I think I liked Bluebeard better than I um, rated it immediately after reading it. Mm-hmm. But also, this is a plug for Goodreads to freaking put half stars. <laughs> the, the half star. I need returns. nuance. Uh yeah, those discussions also for Bluebeard were really good, I recall. I, yeah. I enjoyed those discussions yeah. a lot. It seemed like uh, it was all pretty amicable, but we also had a lot of points that we brought up to each other that gave a lot of new perspective to each of us, I think. I, I thought it was a good discussion. Yeah, I was re-listening to the blue, first Bluebeard episode earlier today in preparation for this episode. Yeah, those were good apps. Yeah. Um, so are we uh, moving on to your third choice? My number Jamie's three. third choice. Are we ready? I, uh, it's also Bluebeard. Oh, oh <laughs> let's right. go, dude. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, I love Vonnegut so much, and I there is something really special about that book. I don't know how to just it. Like, I have a f- similar just like fondness for it. Like, I'm just like, oh, that was such a pleasant reading experience, and um. The plot was so cohesive. I I liked how, like, we talked about it was one of Vonnegut's more, like, somber novels. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still had his, his quirks and humor in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really enjoyed it. And I actually, as I was going through, like, trying to figure out what my top three were going to be, I, on Goodreads, I rated four of our seven books with five stars. Um... So I had to decide out of those four which three <laughs> Gotta cut it out. were the top. Uh, and also, my Goodreads is like... I feel like you're... Danny, you are much more um, harsh <laughs> with your Goodreads <laughs> ratings yeah, yeah, than I, I am. I, like, am. I really... If I enjoyed reading a book, like, I don't care if the writing wasn't perfect or... Like, if I enjoyed the experience and I came out of it feeling good and happy or, like, sad because it was a sad book, then I probably give it five stars. Um, four stars is, like, I enjoyed it, but I, it took me a long time to get through it and blah, blah. Um, so, Yeah. I don't know. Those are my <laughs> reasonings for Bluebeard. We kind of, you know, we we talked about it. We'll talk about it more later. I'm I also, sure. yeah. I recall also, um, we, I don't remember when this happened in the sequence of our podcast, but uh, I rated Bluebeard, I think, three stars, and then I got shit for it, and then, <laughs> I, yeah, three stars is mean well That's and then harsh see but but we talked have we talked about my rating system on goodreads because you guys have, have in inflated past, yeah. uh, no comparatively to yeah, mine yeah, when you hover over the stars on goodreads it gives you like what, what they that say means. it would be on yeah. on the in the app yeah yeah oh, I didn't and well, on, more on the computer more on the computer yeah. oh like I don't do I've never I, that's interesting because I've never done it so, I don't do it on my computer according to goodreads a three star review is it was okay and then uh, four stars is like, I enjoyed it. And then five stars is like, it was really amazing. <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree with that, actually. I feel, I feel like I feel that way about, like, I read, I don't know. I feel like I feel that way about uh, a lot of books. Like, I'm like, yeah, this was 
this was fine. I'm missing this was fine and I enjoyed I really <laughs> enjoyed this book. I want something in between. Yeah. Because between fine and I really enjoyed is like a part thing that I am missing. Yeah. But what I was trying to get at was I did rate it three stars and then we talked about it like later and I changed my rating to four stars. And I think also that it's my highest I it's the, my favorite Vonnegut book out of the five that mm-hmm. I've read. Um which also I think I noted on the podcast on the previous episode, but anyway nice. check out my non-existent booktube channel for more waxing poetic <laughs> about goodreads reviews and their system brian so i just want to have a disclaimer first that like just because we kind of already touched on it but i really feel like this top three could change at any time for me uh because a lot of the books that we like but this is how i'm feeling today disclaimer. that's how I'm, this is how i'm feeling today so for my number three uh it's northwest by zadie smith all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had talked about it a little bit on the last couple episodes. This was our most recent book. And so also I have a pretty significant recency effect anyway uh, for a lot of... your recency bias. My recency bias. It's, de- it's, it's definitely there. Um, but yeah, with Northwest, I just think um, a, a lot of the books I had been reading for a while were really more focused on an era I never lived in. Uh, I was reading a lot of novels that were from the 60s and 70s in particular, especially the last couple of years. I think that would be the vast majority uh, of of the books that I read would, would be taking place within those two decades. If not within the novel itself, um, then it would be with the author actually writing within that those decades. And so reading Northwest and, and getting a perspective of characters that were living within an era that felt familiar, uh, having them experience problems. Uh, like I said, with technology, with like relating to one another, with globalization, with all of these various topics, it, it just felt really nice to have that to relate to. I think there was a lot in previous eras that you could relate to, two on a very human level but just having something that was really on the nose to um a lot of stuff that i've experienced i thought it was uh it was really nice to to read about and i i liked the characters a lot i liked the structure a lot the changing in the different sections to match each character mm-hmm. i thought was really well done um and especially with like Leah's section, I really, really enjoyed. I liked the structure of that, and I liked her perspective on things. I liked how kind of all over the place the text was on the page in certain instances when she was really feeling lost. There was just a lot of it that I think uh, it didn't always feel like it was just experimental for experimental sake. It really felt like a lot of those um, experimental strategies that she'd employed were were really on the nose and, and were really well done. So I think that was my my number three sweet i don't think that it will make your guys' top three but we will northwest would have been my fourth fourth mm-hmm. yeah it was the fourth one that i rated five stars but i yeah i was i was debating between northwest and bluebeard for the third spot and i was so much more satisfied with the ending of bluebeard than with the ending of northwest yeah and that's fair the ending of bluebeard was it's so incredible. good yeah uh, but yeah, we'll go ahead and go around with the number two choice now. All right, Danny, my, we'll throw it back to you. My second was Underground Railroad. Nice. Um, I've been so curious because we both were guessing each other. Jamie and I were guessing each other's all today. And we both kept telling each other, "We're like, what is Danny's <laughs> list gonna be?" I I feel like I do that a lot. Well, I, I need to like ruminate on books almost like after I read them because I. But I but I know I with Underground I really really. Um, I just really enjoyed the story. I really enjoyed like the um, fictionalized aspect of the actual, um, the actual underground railroad that he created. And also, this may be influenced by um, reading um, a second book of his called *The Intuitionists* um, that I read a few weeks ago. Um, I think it does make a difference. I I think, I mean, I really enjoyed um, *The Intuitionist*. Was weirder. Um, it felt a little more surreal, but it was really, it was still really interesting. And I, I understood his, his voice, um, I think much better after finishing a second book of his, um, it gave me a little more context. 
um, which is one of the reasons that I think it was it's now rated so highly for me um, on this podcast. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just really enjoyed his voice throughout the entire book, and also um, the um, the characters. I mean, I really loved Cora, um, and yeah, she was fantastic. She mm-hmm. was she was a phenomenal character, and I really, I yeah, I just um, I liked almost everything about the book, so it is high on my list. Cool. Uh, my second choice is also the Underground Railroad. Oh. We choose. I think we might have the exact. I think same we have the same three. list. Um, yeah, I similar things. Like I loved the characters in the Underground Railroad. I um, I felt really engaged with that book. I feel like a lot of a lot of my top three has to do with like how much I wanted to keep reading it because mm-hmm. like I I get tired and sometimes reading can feel like a chore um but with the three that I chose it it didn't feel like I was like slogging through them um it felt like I, I wanted to keep reading and I wanted to know what happened yeah um so I yeah we talked about when we were reading the underground railroad underground railroad that even though it's um a very sad story and deals with a lot of like true historical things that are problematic and difficult to talk about it was still a page turner um and that is just kind of like masterful writing i think so um that was that was also my number two yeah especially in in a novel that had so many changes of scenery yeah as well to continue to create a compelling story in you know in the different states that they travel to in the different circumstances some that were more brutal than others it never felt like any of those states was like a dip in the story yeah i feel like a lot of times when you change settings or you go to a new character's perspective you feel like oh i really want to go back to that other thing like this is fine i get it but i want to go back to the other thing but i didn't feel that way and yeah the momentum stayed for yeah. sure Cool. Well, we got two Underground Railroads for number two. Are we going to get a third one? <laughs> uh, my number two is 100 Years of Solitude. Ooh. Interesting. <laughs> so this was one that it took us a long time to read, I think. That were, would have been my number four. There were some circumstances. Would yeah, there, been my number five. There were <laughs> <laughs> for a full list of rankings, please see. So... Uh, we read it over a long period of time, and I think that that actually helped my enjoyment of mm-hmm. that novel quite a bit just because there was so much to absorb there. Uh, going through seven generations of the Buendias, uh, I just think it was nice to be able to slow down and get a feel for each one. I know they didn't all get their own uh, equal amount of time because certain pers- or certain people like... Ursula, for instance, she was alive forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certain other Wendias were also alive for much longer than others. And when you got to the uh, final generation, that part of the story was um, pretty quick by comparison. And also just they died pretty quickly, too, because that's just how uh, the family tree was always supposed to end. Um, but I did like the aspect of tying in a lot of history into the novel in a very fantastical way uh, and I just think that the Buendia family was really well done in that there was the similar names of the characters and there was a reason as to why you saw a lot of similar traits uh, as you went down the family tree uh, just to write something of that scope and have it become a, a the classic that it has mm-hmm. would be incredibly difficult, but um, I feel like it it was done really well here, and I'm very excited to see the Netflix series <laughs> whenever it comes yeah, out because yeah. I still am it? completely baffled when that is when no that idea. is. Uh, well, we don't know. When I don't know if they've out. announced like a date. No, they just said it was in production. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, just the I, casting really of the whole excited, family, yeah. like it's just going to be, be so so fascinating, and like even some of the scenes like with the massacre like how they handle that too and something that like within the story was such a mystery to other people even though it was such a big deal 
for those that saw it. It would just uh, I just am curious how they'll do it. But I, I just thought there was so much about this story that even though it was kind of going off in so many directions, it was so grand. I really got lost in that world. Uh, and the world was built in such a good way um, with Macondo and everything. Like there was just I, I just thought it was crafted so, so well. I uh, would like to make a side note that I think that part of the reason 100 Years of Solitude is not higher up on my list is because I had already read it. Like, it was a second reading for me, and honestly, I kind of keep forgetting that we read it for the podcast. (laughs) Because, like, I I loved it so much in college, but going back to it, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a big book. I'm going to read it again. (laughs) Like, And keep track of all the characters again. So I remember Danny. I had a family tree. wrestling with the family tree and keeping it in line. Keeping it in line. So yeah. anyway, that was my number two. I I really enjoyed it. So top spot. We're getting to the top, top spot, spot here. Number one. Uh, I it. suspect Jamie and I have the same list. This will be crazy. Yeah, I think so. My top spot is Lincoln and the Bardo. Same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we really set the bar high with Lincoln. Uh. I I mean I agree with Jamie's point about the top my top 3 books are all books that I like I was so invested in the story I almost couldn't put them down um I was excited to go back to read them um and I mean with like Hitchhikers uh, and Northwest at least the second half of Northwest um those were it was harder for me to be excited about picking them up and reading them um and lincoln i read just so quickly i was like frustrated that we had to stop at the first half because <laughs> i i read through it so quickly and i just i mean i i think i even re i even reread the first I like recall, yeah. third of the book because it made just because i wanted it to make more sense but um it was just so enjoyable and it, i mean it was quick but um it, i've never read anything like it and i think that plays a part too um I think it was really interestingly written and um yeah, I don't know. I uh I am just really intrigued by the whole I would like read it again, I feel mm-hmm. like. Oh, and yeah. I I, I don't feel again. that way about many books, especially like reading the same book in the same year. <laughs> but I would I mean I would read it again. Um just because it I don't know, it was so it was such a different kind of story. Um so yeah. I enjoyed it a yeah, lot. And that was the it's most uh, popular po- export of our podcast as well. We've gotten more people to read Lincoln and the Bottle than anything yeah, else. Yeah, we've had mixed reviews a little bit. There have been mixed reviews. We've but suggested it too. But um, it is interesting to me, Danny, that we part like oh. us having the same top three is <laughs> surprising to me. It also is surprising yeah, to it's me. Surprising to me also. <laughs> but also, I don't know. Like based off of us, like our discussions during Lincoln and the Bardo, it doesn't shock me that it's your top book. But it does surprise me just in general, knowing you and your reading habits, because like we've discussed on the podcast that like structural things sometimes you get frustrated with, mm-hmm. and it is such a weird book. Yeah, <laughs> and so I I am surprised that you weren't more frustrated with it than you were. It's definitely an exception to my rule, but also like I read. I reread. I did have to reread yeah. part of the first. I mean, I did half. too. I had to. I reread like the first five. And times. I think the difference is that I don't always have the patience to do that. And even in like a hundred years of solitude, I was just like, oh my god, I might as well not even try. <laughs> and this was really interesting because I was because we even after we like um, did, recorded the first the first episode, um, I went back and like I don't know. I it just um, informed the way that I went back and kind of reread mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but I agree. I was a little surprised myself that I liked it so much because I, I don't gravitate toward books like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is, it's my top choice for a lot of the same reasons. Um, I really love the characters in Lincoln and the Bardo. Like, I feel like the characterization was so well done and I was so attached to even like really minor characters in that story. Um, and and even making Lincoln himself, like, like such a, good character and like very human that book and real was really and, impressive yeah it was like almost i mean it, it was like you could almost characterize that book as historical fiction in a like mm-hmm. in a, it has a little bit citations in it like yeah. it is yeah it that is may or may not be true well, as we found out <laughs> done on purpose um, obviously but yeah i i don't know that's i think it's a book that like kind of haunts me mm-hmm. and that's uh, maybe a funny way to say it because it's about ghosts huh? 
But um, <laughs> I think about it all the time. Like I genuinely think about like sections of that book all the time. And we read it a year ago. Yeah. Um. So that's impressive. And go George Saunders. I've read nothing else by him. Yeah. There. I think the. There's one specifically that's called out on the front cover, the tenth of December. Tenth of yeah. December. Uh, that I'd I be think that's a short story. Read. Yeah, it is because yeah. this is his first novel. Lincoln, Lincoln and the Bardo might be one of my like top books of all time. I yeah. think. I I love that book. I do too. <laughs> it is so good. You're welcome, y'all. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Sit down. That was a brand choice. <laughs> we know. The, um, the audience knows. <laughs> Underground Railroad was um, my choice, and Danny and I both loved it. So. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> I didn't love my choice, but that, that's fine. That leads to my number one choice here, and my number one choice is The Underground Railroad. Oh. All right. Uh, that book was amazing. I think I had even said on the episode that I thought it was uh, I think I did use the word masterpiece. Like I normally uh, for all the books really liked him, but I really thought that it was a masterpiece and there was just so many uh, aspects of it that made it feel like it reached the heights of a lot of the other um, classics that have made their way into the literary canon. Uh, even from the first sentence, I'm going to grab it real quick. It's right next to me uh, just to pull it out. You could have asked Danny, but I could have grabbed it for you. Uh, it was closer to me. But but it was just like this was one of those instances where the the first sentence is singled out on its own. It was the first time Caesar approached Cora about running north. She said no, and that just packs so much into one sentence and kind of sets up the whole journey. And also just the structure of the novel itself, as I had mentioned on that episode, was just so well done with alternating between the states that Cora goes to and then shorter sections about certain characters that we maybe had just read about or were on people's mind or just some detail that we needed to know. And again, as we had mentioned previously, none of the states had a dip in that forward momentum and each of those short stories almost could operate as such outside of the novel like there was so much Mm -hmm. packed within those shorter sections that was so compelling just on their own but the fact that it even led into more emotionally impactful parts of the next chapter or really adding a note of finality to the previous chapter I, i just it the more i thought about it as as i was trying to figure out what my top three was I, I couldn't find much fault in it, and mm-hmm. I just remember even when reading it, you, I, you just felt like there was something special there. And I'm a sucker for historical fiction, and uh, I really enjoyed that this did focus on a lot of real things, but I also did like the aspect of making the Underground Railroad a real train. Uh, it, it just added more of a fast-paced aspect to the story uh, and, and made it feel like it was... Um, even more grand uh, because of this actual object that they were all searching for. Um, but I really, really liked it, and I would definitely recommend everyone reading it. And even for you guys, you guys put it at, at your number two. Mm-hmm. It, it was a fantastic read book. It. I am surprised that Lincoln and the Bardo is not in your top three. Me too. Like, I am <laughs> genuinely surprised. I thought it would be, like, maybe number three or it something It was tough. I... I, I it was very tough to, is to it choose. In your top four? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Whoa. Oh shit. Uh so we'll get to that. Let's uh we're gonna go to the next section and we'll have a little bit more discussions here, which I think will be a little bit more illuminating. But uh those are our top three. I I'm I'm glad to know that though, and that's that really does blow my mind that you guys have, have the same list. Yeah, I I'm cool. I'm fascinated by that because this is not like this is genuinely we both didn't talk about it. Yeah, at all. we haven't discussed this before, uh, but also I'm regularly surprised by my own Goodreads ratings mm-hmm. when I go back and look at them. <laughs> so just take all of my things with a grain of salt. Yeah, well, well, with that, now that we've gone through the top three, that leads to the last uh, announced section that we had said at the beginning, um, and that is, what was your favorite character? 
during this first season. So that could be any character in any of the seven books that we read. Um, and I think that this was a section we weren't initially going to do, but I think, Danny, you had initially suggested, and I think that it is kind of an interesting, um, interesting thing to add just because, yeah. as you had even said, for um, certain books that you had really maybe not liked as much you still had characters that you enjoyed so much and that made your rating of the books that much more difficult and so us discussing favorite characters as well i think will help for maybe for certain people just to kind of add some depth to books that didn't get as much love in the top three so we'll go ahead and start with you for uh for your favorite character here yeah i think um discussing favorite characters adds like uh, a little bit of nuance because you don't always have to like your favorite characters you know don't always have to be from your favorite books Mm -hmm. necessarily yeah that said my favorite (laughs) characters did inform which books made my top three uh and i put both my most memorable for sure were uh rainbow karabakian and cersei berman um i fantastic greatly enjoyed both of them um i also like drew a weird parallel Maybe nobody sees this. Um, between Cersei Berman and um, in Northwest, who is the the ex person of Felix? What's oh, her like name? Like the older oh so girl in the attic. What is yeah, her name? Cersei Berman, remember. and then her, and then as an extension of that, the like char- the um the character trope of uh. Uh, what it, breakfast at Tiffany's? What's her name in Breakfast yeah, at Tiffany's? You, that you had I, mentioned I, that I brought during it up the in Northwest. Northwest, yeah. And then once I, like, also this is informed by I read Breakfast at Tiffany's recently, so it made me think of this. But I, I like the same imagery popped into my head when I read um, Felix visiting this old ex girlfriend or whoever it was, um, and then also Cersei Berman just kind of coming in and taking over Raybo's life a little bit and just being like no, this is how you're going to do it. Kind of in like a crazy way. She's kind of like uh, a little unhinged yeah. in ways. And what was the first question? Me... Like, how did your parents die or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, she's like, just... She's like, what, very, a, what like, a start. She's very invasive. And mm-hmm. like, it reminds me a lot of both the character in Northwest and also in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Like, I was... I couldn't... Once I like... Like, very brazen and... Yeah, once I made that connection. Yeah. And also like, um, you know, they're all like women who are being brazen in like kind of like a time where like women aren't really supposed to be brazen although in northwest it's a little different but i kind of feel like they're both just kind of like whatever i picture them just like draped over a chair like in a robe holding a cigarette like Mm -hmm. i don't know i just kind of like i feel like uh i liked rabo and cersei as a pair um a lot um and cora from underground was a close second for me um, so I discovered something about myself when thinking about, um, <laughs> do tell favorite Holy. characters because I, are you really? about to talk about character <laughs> development? I mean, uh, a little bit, but not really, but I like, I've talked about in other episodes that my, generally my favorite thing about a book about an author's style is like how they develop their characters. And I really latch on to characters in every novel that I, I would say that in every single book that we read, even my least favorite book, I had a character who I really liked. Like, and there, I, I think that there are good things about all of them, but also when trying to judge who my favorite character was, a lot of it went to me being like, who would I want to hang out with? Like who, who, is um ridgeway who's really <laughs> appealing just, to me okay <laughs> it's oh no just, oh. <laughs> okay no but like i i found that the characters that i am drawn to are generally curmudgeonly old men that's, <laughs> that's on that doesn't surprise All me right. so the characters who came to my i would say that my first favorite was also Raybo um from bluebeard because he is just like i don't he's so flawed but he recognizes it in a he lot of ways <laughs> and i he just seems like like he's trying 
And I don't I don't know how else to describe that, but he is just like an old man who's been through a lot of things and he sucks and he kind of knows that he sucks, but like he's he's trying to affect the world in good ways. Like um his the the reveal of the painting in the potato barn at the end is just Fantastic. such a beautiful thing about mm-hmm. his character. Um and then like my close seconds for top character are this also curmudgeonly old men in Lincoln and the Bardo, the two like main narrators <laughs> yeah. of I um, love them a lot. Hans Volman and Roger Bevins the third. Uh they because I think I maybe in the episode described them as like the old men from the Muppets. Uh and I just love them. I just like want to be around them and hear them comment on everything. <laughs> I don't know. I want like, their commentary like in my head. Yeah, like <laughs> they're just so sassy, but like also caring. There's something like they they are trying to nurture Willie throughout that book and I just they're just nice. I don't know. <laughs> Those are my favorite characters though. Yeah. So that leaves me. Uh my favorite character which now hearing your guys is, is fantastic, but uh, Raybo Karabekian. Oh, all right. He was my favorite, and and I'm glad to have the opportunity to talk about it because I did feel bad about not having Bluebeard in the top three, and this also brings back another point that uh, one of you brought up. I can't remember who it was about. Um, I think it was you, Danny, for Colson Whitehead, but reading an author's work Mm-hmm. aside from the one that you're already reading can inform it and i absolutely adored bluebeard i'd say that that's probably my fourth choice i feel like if i would have read it in isolation it probably would have been a lot higher yeah um, yeah, yeah because i've read so many vonnegut novels at this point some that are some of my top of all time uh and so just in comparison to that it affected it going up the ranks anyway but it, this was a similar deal for me with Bluebeard as it was for me with God Bless You, Mr. Rosewater, mm-hmm. where I I loved Mr. Rosewater as a character and didn't necessarily think that that was one of Kurt Vonnegut's best books. But I think Kurt Vonnegut really has such a skill, even within the absurdity of his novels, to create such good characters that even when the novels uh, don't reach the highs of even his own classics, like with Slaughterhouse-Five, he can still create somebody that you you can just absolutely adore. And with Raybo, that was definitely the case where, again, he was flawed. He knew it, uh, but he... He was trying. But, and, and, like, yeah. and it helped so much that it was an autobiography mm-hmm. of him where he was even calling himself out as he wrote or, or not even shying away from, from telling the audience that Cersei just called him out. Right. Yeah. Like right. writing that he into was like, it's true. writing that into his <laughs> right. own documentary where like like he would have like he was just writing something, she just saw it, she called him out on it, and then he immediately puts it into his own autobiography. There's just so much to love there. <laughs> and then as you had mentioned, Jamie, that his ending of eventually coming around and having that big reveal mm-hmm. of now it's the well, women's turn, I believe was what the painting was called. Uh and his explanation of it and him being able to go through and really just pinpoint out every single person and yeah. just be like, I took the time. I wanted to create art that meant something. It wasn't just, you know, for money. It wasn't a collector's thing. It was, I'm, I'm, you know, I see the backstory of this person. These are people in my life. These are people I made up. It was just, just the care that he put into it was amazing and so i i wish that i could have put bluebeard higher but again just other vonnegut works i think created a bias for me but i think bluebeard's in my top three vonnegut also and and that's what i'm also saying is i feel like my ratings could change over time but but bluebeard was a fantastic novel and Raybo was far and away my my favorite character from this season and just as a side note i'd say cora was also close second to me and and also just because that was my first choice for books and a lot of that is due to Cora being such a strong main character uh I'd say that she really drove a lot of that novel as well so um yeah I'd say that would be my choice and I'm very glad to get that insight uh for you guys because we all you know kind of kept it pretty isolated to the discussions that we were having but it's kind of cool to wrap back around 
and we really did read some like world class novels for season yeah. one. It, it made it very we hard. Did a good job, guys. Very we hard did to do choose. A good job. Can I? Can I add a category? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> off the cuff, really quick. Sure. On just off on the air. Um, do you guys want to say what your favorite books outside of the podcast were this year? I or could. No. I could. I I could look through. I mean, if you don't have, or like anything that comes to mind, I'm just curious because uh, we did talk a lot about other things we were like media we were consuming during this podcast um, and uh, other books we were reading, and so I thought it would be interesting to. I can start with that really quickly yeah. because it adds on to my point before of loving curmudgeonly old men. <laughs> Is um, it? I know what it is. I I just finished, and it's probably because I just finished it like a week ago, and it's still in my mind. But uh, a man called Uva, I loved that book. I it is like I haven't read it yet, so don't don't spoil too much. It is not. I put this in my Goodreads review. It's not a groundbreaking novel in any way. It's pretty straightforward. It's kind of like a cliched story of like unlikely friends. Um, but it's so but it's sweet. really well done, and it's really sweet. And the main character Uva is a curmudgeonly old man, and I, I sobbed at the end of that book. Yeah, like I, there were like three different parts in the last five chapters that I cried at, and it was great. It's like it's just like nice character development again throughout that novel of him like learning to be a human in the world and it's nice so if you want to read a man called uva i cannot think of the author's name frederick something bachman bachman frederick bachman i also loved that book i it's a pretty easy read um i listened to the audiobook but um i did really enjoy it and i don't know if that's maybe my top from the year but it is the one on my mind right now so cool i'll say that uh for me um I do want to give a shout-out to two. Um, one of them was Dubliners by James Joyce. Uh, I started that in Dublin <laughs> when we were on yeah. uh, our honeymoon. Um, but it was amazing to – that was my first James Joyce novel. And I guess it's not a novel. It's just a short story collection. But it was my first James Joyce reading experience. And – he has a reputation of being very difficult to read. And I think that knowing what I know about some of his later works, uh, some of that is well-earned. But with Dubliners, it was so surprising to see how easy it was to read in a lot of cases. Because it's one of his early and, and it, it, it is early, and it, it allows it to not have his ideas just go sprawling out into infinity because they are very well contained but being able to write from the perspective of so many different people uh and just having just been in dublin and being able to picture some of it and some of the places that we had visited and after learning what we had learned about dublin it was just it was amazing to have an experience that was that enjoyable and not that dense. Um, and I, I really thought that that was a great collection and anybody that's scared to try out James Joyce, that one would definitely be worth, uh, giving a go. And then I just finished recently the bell jar by Sylvia Plath, which so many people have read obviously. Um, but that was a phenomenal novel and it's one that, um, as I've mentioned with I, I I like to think of the context because there's certain books that when you think of the time period that they were written in add so much more to um, your overall enjoyment or understanding of the novel and just the fact that this one was written in the time period that it was it was released in 1963 at the very beginning and some of the subject matter that's in there is just so taboo and it would have been so brave to write about and even given the context of her uh, committing suicide very soon after um, just adds to the power of that novel. Um, but it it was incredible, and I, I was very glad to have read that as well. So those were definitely two highlights from uh, the year for me. Um, okay. 
one of I didn't rate a ton of books five stars this year, but one of the ones that I did was The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Mm. Um, and honestly, I didn't know what to expect because I read The Goldfinch and I liked it. I thought it was pretty good, but um, The Secret History was like very complex and um, full of very interesting characters, and they're all very well developed. It's a long book, but I mean, it's a yeah, it's a long book, but the characters are, are all very well developed um and even the plot is interesting it's almost like a mystery kind of like the goldfinch like it's a mystery uh but also uh like a social commentary like all rolled into one and um so i i really enjoyed it it took me a while but i really savored um every part of that book and it was definitely a book that i couldn't wait to keep reading um sometimes with like longer denser books i get a little tired and weary um but um tired and weary i well i do i get both (laughs) but with this one i was like very excited to keep reading it um and i i i didn't really get tired of it um it was really interesting so i can't recommend that book enough um and i have one more that i wanted to recommend (laughs) what what was the other one i wanted to recommend um oh um Cersei by Madeline Miller. I also really loved that book. I have that downloaded as an audiobook. I was thinking I'm, about it. I would actually listen to it as an audiobook as like after reading it as a book because I don't know. It I really liked it. I think I probably described it as this earlier on the podcast, but it reads like Greek mythology like fanfic and I <laughs> loved I loved it. I I like read it in like a few days. I thought it was really um, it was really different. I've never read anything like that. So um, both of those are really high on my list cool. for the year. Well, nice little little insight into our side reading habits. We read outside the pod, y'all. We do. <laughs> uh, but just bring it back to a last, uh, the last couple bonus sections here. Uh, one of those may have been worth your while if you're trying to go for this uh, giveaway here. Uh, this is Beer Time with Books. And we would be remiss to not talk about we would be remiss. the beer <laughs> in Beer Time with Books. Uh, so we're going to talk about favorite beer. This can just be a very brief section, but uh, Danny compiled. Go in depth. Yeah, just, well, the mouthfeel. The, the mouthfeel. The, <laughs> the flavor <laughs> profile On was the back really. Of your tongue. The front was interesting, <laughs> and then as it progressed, the back was also interesting. <laughs> Interesting is so, what I'm getting. So Danny had <laughs> compiled a full list of what we drank on the podcast. Very formal list here. It has the date. It has the time. It was I don't compiled. know what kind of context <laughs> you guys wanted. <laughs> um, uh, so we have some beers that everybody drank and other drinks for every episode. Um, upon looking at the list, did you all notice any patterns that surprised you? And also, was there one that was a, a very particular good beer that you had this time around? Are we exporting this file with data? <laughs> like, like, oh, man. What, what, what was a pattern what are the that pattern you noticed? <laughs> like one did, pattern that I noticed like is did a beer I had, come back around. I had the most diverse drinking habits yeah in that i had a michelob ultra a lacroix <laughs> and some wine <laughs> among the other beers yeah yeah um i didn't notice any patterns i mean other than like it's we drank a lot of the beers that we buy often <laughs> i don't, like, I don't there was know. a lot of boulevard in here yeah, there was a lot of because we buy a good. lot of boulevard well what i was surprised about is despite there being a good mix is that I didn't get as diverse as I thought I would have. I think I bought like the build your own six packs, which they don't do at that place anymore uh, that I was getting them from. But, but other people would have those beers and I would gravitate towards some. Um, But I had multiple tank sevens, multiple Guinness, especially after coming back from Ireland, I was in a big Guinness phase and had a lot of Guinness uh, and also had some Odell's that I really enjoy. But I'd say, uh, after looking back on it, just if anybody's looking for uh, some good stuff to taste, uh, Tank 7, which I'm drinking today, I, I'd still say is the king. I freaking love... Just free advertising. I, I love <laughs> Tank 7. Shout out Boulevard. Uh, Boulevard kills it on Tank 7 if that's if that's in your local uh, liquor store. 
grab it up. But I also, special shout out, and that's why I got both of them. Uh, I really enjoyed that Odell Isolation Ale. Those are also my top two. Yeah. Um, Dang. Because I I didn't really want to say Boulevard because, like, Ugh. we're from Kansas City wow. and Boulevard is all is the local beer. Slash, I mean, there's lots slash of Belgian. There are a lot of local beers. <laughs> Hot owned by Belgians owned was the. <laughs> oh, sorry, not owned. That's <laughs> not. A, that shouts out to one of the uh, under you. underground railroad episodes. Um, but Tank Seven by Boulevard Brewing is masterful. Hard to beat it. Danny, so any, any top drinks for you? Masterful. It's masterful. Um, I really, my, I mean, I don't, maybe this is my recency bias, but I really like Michelob Ultra. The, <laughs> the Michelob Ultra oh, that I had. Yeah. I was doing you guys a favor. This podcast is, sh- the podcast is shut down Listen. now. After. Uh, no, I really liked the um, Blood Orange one that I had by Revolver Brewing. Um, yep, had that. That was, that was a Halloween leftover. Oh, it, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. During it was a good a one. Northwest. Um, I really liked that one. Um, oh, Halloween. Good one. <laughs> and uh, I also appreciated when uh, Emily was on the pod and we were talking about Boulevard unfiltered wheat. And Emily said, is there an is there a filtered wheat? <laughs> <laughs> just, just you got to You got to check. She just wanted to know. I think I might have said that. But I, I was drinking a Boulevard Hefeweizen during that um, episode and I liked it. Yeah. Danny listens to it. I don't know if you said so. it, but Emily said it okay. <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> I have receipts don't receipts dude <laughs> take credit for that so yeah those were those are the beers uh in despite having some repeats i was pretty proud of how diverse the selection was and i'd like to try to continue to be diverse next season we'll see how it goes All but i think Ultra it's i think it's worth time. it <laughs> yeah. cool well those were favorite beers and then the last thing here uh, as a cliffhanger so as i had mentioned it, there's just going to be a very brief hiatus um, it won't be that. It's not going to be. Yeah, the <laughs> break's gonna not be really that long. But it'll do. probably be like late January, early February when we get back. But we're going to be talking about for this final section of the season finale our book choices for next season. So if you recall, uh, at the beginning of this season, we on- we did seven total, but we started out just so we had a good list. And for anybody that's listening to this and is wanting to. Uh, do some homework ahead of season two. We're just going to give the first three that we'll be reading uh, in the order that we'll be reading them. I think we'll do the same order, if that's cool. Um, And so it'll be the first three. We'll have one in the middle that we'll all kind of choose. Maybe have a guest on that one again, as we did this time. And then during that fourth one, we'll choose the back three. But we're doing the first three on this one, and we're going to go around the circle and uh, say what's coming up. So for me... Uh, we had had some discussions, and mine uh, actually ended up getting chosen because there's some tie-in to some discussion questions on Jamie's choice. So it's going to kind of uh, lead in quite nicely here. But my book choice uh, for the first book of season two is As I Lay Dying by William Faulkner. Woo! Hey! Woo! <laughs> Very nice. Um, my first choice for the second season... We don't need a drum. <laughs> it's uh, happening. Is Sing Unburied Sing by Jasmine Ward, uh, the Woo! National Book Award Woo! winner from, I think, 2018. No, 2017, maybe. Um, recently. Um, <laughs> but I've heard a lot of good things about Jasmine Ward's writing, and I haven't yeah. read anything by her. So that's why I picked it. Cool. Nice. Um, my first choice for uh, season two is Rabbit Run by John Updike. Hey. Um, I just want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just on my list. We no, also, there is a specific Well, reason. okay. Well, do we want to talk mug. about the specific we, reason? We've, okay. we've so talked about the mug, mug very briefly. We we've have, talked about it before. There's a mug. It has a bookshelf of books on it as an illustration, and I have decided... You... <laughs> You have decided. You immediately look at Brian. You have decided. Because I knew you were going to say something. Remember earlier when oh, I said we and you said, is this a decision? This was a Brian decision. All right. It was not a Brian decision. <laughs> I came over to their house and there was a mug with books on it. And I wanted to read all the books on the mug. Also, I Brian was already on the goal. All right. Well, I'm further <laughs> ahead than you are. No, um, you are not. <laughs> I have right. receipts on that. This is up for debate. This is not up for debate. This is <laughs> alleged. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, uh, Rabbit Run is on the mug, uh, and I decided that it would be a good, um, I don't know, it would be a good choice for season two. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, Perfect. that should be it. We Perfect. appreciate nice. Uh, if anybody's gotten to this point and has listened to every episode, congratulations! Please comment, <laughs> Come tell us. On. Yeah, let us know. like we want to know that it. you're here and listening. <laughs> Which I don't know because we're again we're gonna oh, during this brief hiatus put these up on real podcasting platforms, and so there may not be comments. But yeah, if you're on uh, Brian's Book Bastion, um, if you're on YouTube, yeah, leave us a comment. If you're on YouTube, this is on. Uh, I'll continue to upload episodes to the YouTube channel, but it is Brian's Book Bastion. If you're listening on a different platform um, and want to say something, if you want to have <laughs> some interaction with with your hosts here at uh, interact with us BTWB, we like interaction. Uh, dumpster fire. If you've made it this far, YouTuber Dumpster Fire shouts out Dumpster Fire. Dumpster Fire, we love you. <laughs> Has commented, <laughs> and uh, we're all about Dumpster Fire. <laughs> We stand a dumpster fire. <laughs> we do stand. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that will wrap up season one. Uh, we did some congratulations previously, but good job, guys. We made it a year. And, this has and been a officially a full endeavor, season. And I'm proud of us. Yeah, and this ended up being a full episode. I thought we maybe would have like a 30 minute. We got all the way over an hour. Nice. Good for us. Fantastic, dude. <laughs> so yeah, we will be excited to be back. Um We'll see if we can grab a couple more guests. We did have two guests on this uh, first season. Hoping for at least one. Maybe we'll have a returning guest. Maybe a returning guest. That'd be fun. Andrew or Emily. That'd be a good <laughs> one. Uh, but yeah, we will uh, be back very soon. We appreciate you listening. And we will see you again very soon. Thanks, guys. Squeebadoobie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We we all have to scat. It's only fitting for the season finale. One, two, three, four. Bye. Bye.